1: That's right, when you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co-host, Carletta Cole, at caregiversafeplace.com. And we're also coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks, on 26 global audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio and iTunes and YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, the list goes on and on. In fact, we're proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two on Spot out of the top 60 and number two on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. Nancy Perpall was a critical care nurse before she entered law school in her 30s to become a highly regarded divorce attorney. As a nurse, she cared for those with physical problems and as a divorce attorney, she helped her clients with with the emotional issues that come with ending a relationship they thought would last forever. Yeah. Shortly after we retired, my husband had a stroke and was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Oh no! I've oh. I've been his caregiver ever since and know firsthand the struggles a caregiver faces, regardless of how much they love the person they're caring for. Well, we have something in common. Both our spouses had a stroke. But before we get started, I want to take this moment to thank last week's guest. Dr. Christine Van Horn, an author, teacher, speaker, and a certified emergency manager for 30 years, and retired recently. And just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or any of our other 26 global networks that I mentioned earlier. Okay, enough of that. Nancy, so great to have you on the Caregiver Dave Show.
2: Well, thank you oh, for having me.
1: Yes, and I always like to ask my guests, just who is Nancy Perpole? And why was she placed on this earth?
0: (laughs) I am a uh, nurturer by by birth, I think. Um, I'm the middle of seven children. Wow. And I always took care of everybody's injuries, (laughs) including the various animals that we had. Wow. and uh, my father was diagnosed with um, cancer two weeks before Christmas oh, in 1963. God. And uh, I, I was the one who my uh, my father wanted to go to the hospital so that my mother wouldn't be alone driving home at night. Mm. So I sat on this wooden, wooden bench outside the nurse's station. In those days, they didn't have intensive care. It was just the sickest Patients were closest to the nurses' station, <clears throat> so he was in the hospital for three months. And for three months, I ran around the hospital in my little Catholic uniform, Catholic school mm-hmm. uniform, delivering blood to the emergency room, picking wow. up things <laughs> from the pharmacy, wow. delivering them to different wards. Can you imagine today? I mean, can you wow. even imagine? No, <laughs> well, they,
1: they've oh, got God. a host of volunteers at hospitals now. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, but they don't they don't allow them to do the things I did.
1: Right, right.
0: But, you know, um I just admired those nurses so much that I really, you know, I wanted to go into nursing. And so that's what I did. And then I wrote a textbook with some people from University of Pennsylvania, Advanced mm-hmm. Concepts in Clinical Nursing, and it was adopted by many nursing schools nationally. Mm-hmm. And many hospitals incorporated many of the procedures and the protocols that we wrote out in this book to increase uh, better patient outcomes. Oh. But the hospital that I was working at at the time, and I was in the emergency room at the time, um, they weren't going to adopt any of these protocols because I was a nurse. And the protocols and procedures are all... um they're all promulgated by a Ugh. doctor. So,
1: familiarity right. breeds contempt.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> to make a long story short, I approached a, a new hire in the hospital who was a lawyer, but she had been a nurse. Um, she had been a nurse. Um, and I asked her, you know, what can I do to get the administration <laughs> to adopt some of these procedures? Because other hospitals are seeing that you're getting a better outcome for the patients. Uh-huh. And she looked at me and she said, Become a lawyer. You'll have power. They'll huh. listen to you. So did I she went to become, law school. Did
1: she say become a divorce lawyer? <laughs> no, that's a
0: different story. That's a different story if you want to hear it. it was <laughs> sure, why not? Practice. And um, so I went to this firm, and the first day on, my jo- on the job, there were 75 files piled on my desk that were divorce files. Wow. And I went to the senior manager, the part, managing partner, and I said, I wasn't hired to do divorce. I don't want to do divorce. I'm going through a divorce myself. Okay. I mean, I have no interest <laughs> in the subject. And he leaned across the, the desk and pointed an inch from my nose and said, you're not going to make it here. <laughs> you do what we tell you to do. Well, as I said, I'm the middle of seven children. And when you tell me I can't do something, that's when I do it. it. (laughs) So um, a couple of years later, I had a very, very, uh, very evolving and very um, high asset divorce clientele. And the firm lost the um, contract with the insurance company to represent the physicians. So I took my files that my clients said I could take and I opened my own practice. And 32 years later, I retired. Wow. Wow. And now I'm a caregiver for my husband.
1: You're a real oh. overachiever, aren't you?
2: <laughs> well,
0: uh, I
1: it's don't hard know. enough becoming a nurse, but a nurse and an attorney, I mean, who does I don't that? know.
0: <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, I don't think I'm an overachiever. I think if I were a man, people would think it was maybe, you know, he wanted to make more money or whatever, but I don't know. I don't think I'm an overachiever. But I will tell you that um sitting outside of the physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy... And David, you you can probably identify with all this. As my husband recovered from his stroke, and I put him in aromatherapy, I started to write a novel that I always wanted to write about relationships. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to write this novel to help people see what you shouldn't do, why you shouldn't get married. And when Mm -hmm. when you have these doubts... It's time to break off the engagement and not go through with the the service or the ceremony. So I did write that book, and um, it's getting good reviews on Amazon. I'm thrilled about that. So it's called um, Around Which All Things Bend, which, of course, is love, right? Mm. And every caregiver knows that. (coughs) Every caregiver knows (laughs) that you have to bend and bend and bend.
1: Yes. You do. So, yeah, you're not a, an overachiever. You're a nurse, a lawyer, a <laughs> textbook writer. A, a, a novelist. Hospital, adopt your a stuff, And a novelist. <laughs> and I'm sure there's in that any you event, haven't told us, right?
0: Um, you know, we all have our breaking points, no matter how much we love somebody. And I think, yeah. um, you know, it's so important for caregivers to understand <sighs> that when you start to feel anxious and resentment a little bit because the care you're giving is not really appreciated Mm -hmm. or you feel it's not appreciated and it's not because they don't appreciate it necessarily it's because they don't cognitively understand understand everything that you're giving up you
1: know so just trying to survive Uh, how's your husband today
0: um he's doing he's doing fairly well um he's recovered you know from the stroke um he still has some sequelae from the stroke uh, a lot of emotionality um cognitively he was an extremely educated and very very um high functioning um uh, man but you know his
1: speech today uh,
0: his speech um he struggles at times for words mm. but um the aphasia is pretty much you know, it's as good as it's ever going to get. Um, he does very well.
2: But, so what um, type of Parkinson's does he
0: does he have? He has, um, I'm glad you asked that, <laughs> because this really still sticks in my craw here. Um, he has the kind of Parkinson's, it's called autonomic nervous system failure. And it's a Ooh. rare type of Parkinson's, um, the we moved from where we had retired, Kiowa Island, South Carolina, to Atlanta, Georgia, for his medical care. And they have the mo- a world-renowned uh, Parkinson's clinic there. Wow. And the chief neurologist told us that they're seeing more and more men my husband's age. He was in the Navy for three years, and he was on a ship, you know, not constantly, but he was off and on and off and on. And he was um, a hard hat diver in the Navy. So he was on the kind of ships that would go and tender and and service the other ships, you know, while they're still out at sea. And the um, neurologist said that they really feel that this uptick in veterans, particularly Navy veterans, has to do with all the asbestos that was on the ship and that Parkinson's can be a very environmental induced yes. illness
2: but the VA says
0: no, absolutely no, of not of <laughs>
2: course, because they don't want to take any blame for it whatever, my right. mom has supernuclear palsy which oh. is called it's P- PSP mm-hmm. so it's another form of the, uh, the neurological part uh, of oh. it, that causes dementia um, so that's why I asked uh, because that's common for them to have strokes as well.
0: Well, he's, you know, I would say he's starting with a little dementia. You know, yeah. he doesn't remember things. and
1: They usually go hand in hand.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so, but you know what? Life is good.
1: <laughs>
0: I still have him.
1: <laughs> it's a new normal.
0: Exactly. Right.
1: So there are many things you could tell us about caregiving. Um what would you say is the most important one? Uh, would, would it be self-care of all the things that you could say?
0: Um, I personally think as a caregiver, the most important thing is to be a medical advocate for the person that you're caring for. <clears throat> when my husband had his stroke, I still have my blood pressure cup and stethoscope from 50 years ago. And I took his uh, blood pressure and it was 52 over 34. Mm. And his pulse was 39.
1: Was it a bleed no. or a clot?
0: No, it was ischemia. Ischemia. The blood wasn't circulating to his. Um, he had a midbrain stroke, which very few people survive.
1: <sighs> very
0: few people survive a midbrain. That's a killer. If you have a midbrain stroke. That's all she wrote. Usually. So
1: because of a blood clot?
0: No, ischemia. He No, there was no blood going to that part of the brain. And it just dies. And why
1: was that? Because his
0: blood pressure and his pulse, his pulse was 39. He was barely perfusing his heart. And Mm -hmm. when you have a situation like that, the blood is diverted. The body is such an amazing Mm -hmm. organism. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the blood is shunted to the brain and the heart and the kidney. But because of, you know, gravity and because of how big he is, he's six foot two, um oh. you know was shunting to his his kidneys and his heart, but not everything was going up to the brain but in any event, I say that you need to be a medical advocate for them because when he was admitted to the hospital in Charleston, which is where we retired to, um I asked for a cardiac consult, and this very attractive um resident well actually i guess he what he had just become a you know he graduated his residency he was a a full-fledged doctor but he was a Mm -hmm. hospitalist that's what they call him now Mm -hmm. and i asked for a cardiac consult and in his fine southern accent he said ma'am if you're gonna want a cardiac consult well you're gonna have to wait until he's discharged i'm here to evaluate his neurological status and i said Doctor, I used to do defense malpractice. And if anything happens to that man, guess who I'm coming after? Two Mm -hmm. days later, he had a pacemaker inserted.
2: Oh, wow. But
0: it it never really got much better after that. I mean, if if I I, I really and he he will tell you this if he were here, he would tell you I saved his life on three occasions in Charleston. I mean, it was. Charleston is fabulous. Don't misunderstand. It is.
2: It's very charming, but their their medical system is <clears throat> horrible. Yeah.
1: So, does he yeah. have any regrets that you saved his life? You know, there are certain things worse than death. Quality. No, of life he better. has no
0: regrets. No, he's. Um, he he has he he's such an optimistic person. He's just. He, he's he's just he exudes. Caring about other people, and even though you know he he struggles at times, if he sees somebody at the gym who's worse than he is, he'll go over and talk oh. to them. I mean, he's just such a good person. I mean, no, he enjoys life. I mean,
1: so what he, what gets what wakes him up in the morning? What what is his goal for living these days?
0: I think honestly, he doesn't want to leave me. <laughs> And your
1: excellent care.
0: Yes, well, you know, we have fun. We still have fun. You
1: have grandchildren, I assume.
0: Um, Yes, but this is uh, not our first marriage, so Mm. we have a blended family, Um, and we have ten between us. I have five. He has five. And um,
1: and you have little ones running around. uh, Well,
0: no, actually, they're all they're all pretty much grown up. My my oldest granddaughter was just accepted at Auburn. And um, she wants to do industrial engineering.
1: So no great grandchildren yet.
0: (laughs) Not great. Oh, no.
1: I'm not ready for great. Oh, they're coming, whether you like it or not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, in any event, no. Um, And we, you know, he takes great joy in his grandchildren and I do as well. So, no, I mean, life is good. We have each other. We have fun. We really do. Um,
1: So we inject a lot
0: of humor in our day.
1: When should a caregiver acknowledge that they need a break, which is, you know, kind of what we do? Well, I, I
0: tell you. Have you it, had I, a
1: lot of breaks in your caregiving career?
0: Um, not enough of them, <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I think when you really start to think to yourself, and mind you, I was critical care, which means I had double specialty for the emergency room and intensive care if they needed me in intensive care I got pulled from the ER and I went to the intensive care if they needed me in intensive care I mean emergency room I went back to the emergency room so I have a lot of skills um I still have them after all these years and nurses who trained in the in my era we're we're still nurses no mm-hmm. matter what other professions we might go into um but sometimes I just think I can't keep you know Maybe we should go to an assisted living. You know, maybe, you know.
1: What stops it, you?
0: What stops me? We've we've been to three of them. <laughs> you
1: couldn't find one that is attractive for you. But,
0: well, we found a couple. We found two that were possibilities, but the people who, you know, the clients who were there, you know, they call them guests. Um, they were far worse than,
1: yeah. than my old. husband. Are they that older is, as well?
0: Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're
0: in their 70s That's, and 80s and 90s. Yeah, and, yeah, um, and
2: sometimes that, that does not do good for someone's quality yeah. of life.
1: They like because, to be around young um, people. You
2: know? you, yeah, you have to, have to be around people like-minded and vibrant and uh, that enjoy doing the, the things that you like to do in life. In order for you to be able to feed off that great energy um, and allow yourself to be healed, Um, other than that, then it's more of a uh, depressing state which declines your mental and also declines your will to live.
0: Oh, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I found it depressing. Yeah. honestly.
1: Yeah. And my so, wife also did not want to hang around older people, even support groups, no. you know, because she was a very young person who had a stroke. She was 52. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, these people in the groups are like 80 and they're like, you know, one foot in the grave. And she just says, I'm not going, I'm not going to that. Well, Has she well, recovered? Well, <laughs> she still does not
2: speak. <laughs> she can
1: uh, communicate very well. Uh, with charades and pictionary,
2: with all I mean, when I tell you, her communication is better than someone talking.
1: That's true. <laughs> so That's true. Her communication you, you is as good as my talk. dog's communication, <laughs> who tells oh, me yes. every need he has, you yes. know,
2: without but, saying anything. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. and she still cannot walk. She's paralyzed on one side, but she has a power chair. We traveled the world. I mean, uh, do you do you have an opportunity to travel a lot? Uh, does can he travel? Um, does he like to travel?
0: He, he can't really travel. We did okay. uh, recently take a trip because I had a book signing in Pennsylvania. Um, and he has, he's heat intolerant. Yeah. And the autonomic nervous system failure causes him to be really overwhelmed if he gets too hot. And he almost had a panic attack on the plane, both going there and coming back.
1: So he's very comfortable at home.
0: He's very comfortable at home. And um, And
1: how often can you get away and leave him with uh, adequate care? You have a lot of volunteers who maybe some of the kids.
0: Well, um, none of well, only my son lives near us Mm -hmm. and he's very good and he helps. I mean, I can leave him. He's not at the stage where he can't be by himself. Um, So I can leave him. But I don't leave him for long periods of time.
1: What's the maximum number of days that you feel comfortable leaving him?
0: (coughs) The maximum number of days?
1: Yeah. Like one week? Is that too long?
2: That's too long. I'd say one day.
1: One day. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's tough.
2: So you really don't get a break.
1: (laughs) You need need a break.
0: Well, you know, we just moved here. We've been here two years. And COVID, we moved (sighs) in the middle of COVID. So, you know, we're just now actually making friends. We're going out to dinner with some friends on Saturday night. I have a, a, I belong to a book club. You know, I belong to a couple of other women's groups. Mm-hmm. I, You know, women's lunches and that type of things. And, um, you know, I'm also promoting my book. And I do a lot of podcasts um, to promote my book. And that's a great diversion for me. And honestly, writing the book was my escape yeah that was my you know that was the 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 world i lived in in my head
1: so just just curious because you're a classic caregiver who feels like they can't get away for more than a day and i want to ask you why is that is there no one who can offer the care that you have because i tell caregivers all the time you know yes you're an excellent caregiver yes he only wants care from you uh, yes, you might even be a perfectionist in your care. Being a nurse, I would understand that, but adequate care would be good enough because that way you get away, right? Because thirty percent of caregivers die before their loved ones do, and he will appreciate you more when you get back mm-hmm. because you know he's he's uh, accepting adequate care versus excellent care. So what 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 I just said? Do you have a problem with? Just curious.
2: I, 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 don't
1: dis- here.
0: I, I don't dispute anything that you said. In fact, I am planning a book signing uh, where I am going to probably be away for like two weeks this summer.
1: Okay, great.
0: And um, I think cool. he's going to probably go up to his daughters in North Carolina. Um, okay. And, yep. you know, well, you made that, away,
1: didn't you? Good for you.
0: Well, y- you know, as I said, you know, it may sound like an excuse, but COVID has really been <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I really, sure. it, with his complications, <laughs> if he gets COVID,
1: sure,
0: uh, you know, I, I just shudder to think. In fact, he had a very minor case, even though we're, you know, vaccinated, double boosted, and he was in bed for eight days.
1: Wow, I mean, breakfast, just from night. just from the vaccination and booster.
0: No, no, from COVID. No, he,
1: so yeah, he he got it anyway
0: yes he got it anyway and it just so you know subsequent to that and that was in january we've been very very careful mm. I, I i don't know where he could have gotten it because you know he masked
2: yeah it doesn't matter you can touch something it it could be on your clothes it's you know it you never know
1: how effective you are masks you know even uh most masks are not yeah. n95 and even an n95 there's a five percent chance that it's yeah. going to get through. Yeah. You
2: know? Yeah. Well,
0: so. I know, and, and that's a struggle. You know, that was a struggle, but mm. I, I agree with you. You know, um, you know, I I need to I need to promote my book, and I need to. Do something other than Get be in the break. house and worry as about it. As long as
1: you agree with me and you take my <laughs> advice. Because <laughs> yes. a lot actually, of caregivers agree with me, but they don't take my advice. <laughs> well,
0: I am actually taking your advice. I, knew, you. I know that I needed a break. I know I need a break. I need yes. to... You, know.
1: you really do. And you won't realize how much you need a break until you're taking the break. And then you say, right. wow, this, this I don't know why I didn't do this. I've got to do this again regularly. And
2: And it, that is exactly... Like, uh, a lot of the reason why, like, with my foundation, I, people don't even know that they're caregivers. Mm. You know, a lot of them don't know. They just feel like I'm taking care of my husband. I'm taking care of my wife. I'm taking care of my kids. You know, they have a disability. So, you know, I don't, I don't need to get away from them. And once I give them the day out or I do something to make sure that they have a, a self-care day, they don't realize how much they have missed. You know, until they get out and they're like, whoa, this is what I've been missing, you know. <laughs> so believe me, once you get away and, um, you know, even if it's four or five minutes, you know, you it it makes you feel so much better.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I I, I do regularly get facials and massages. <laughs>
1: Well, that's That's better than nothing. Yes. Some (laughs) people we can't even get to go get a Starbucks or to go get, you know, a a lunch with a friend or a massage or something, you know, or get their nails done.
2: Oh, I get my nails
1: done. Good for you. (laughs) So in the last uh, five minutes of the show, why don't you tell us uh, something that uh, we didn't cover that you want to make sure we cover and then how to get a hold of you or buy your book, etc. Is it a self-published or you have a publisher?
0: Um, it's a hybrid. Um, it's an imprint from Simon and Schuster. Um, you, you know, you front the money. It's not a traditionally published book, but, um, you know, I, I'm not sure I would really recommend them to anyone, but, um, you know,
1: found a great way to, to publish a book these days, uh, even with the hybrids and, you know, basically you've got to do all the work. Because well, of-
0: that's what I'm finding. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I'm finding you have to do all of the advertising, the social media, which is not my forte. I yeah. really am not wild about social media, but there's no other venue that, you know, you've got to get out there and do TikTok of can, all things.
1: Can you get yourself yeah. on television or you don't know. Oh,
0: actually I have been on television. I'm going to be on television again this week. I was on television of all places in uh Indianapolis, Indiana mm-hmm. on Wish TV. And um my first husband um went to Vietnam. When he came back, he was accepted with an MBA program at Purdue, which is in Lafayette, Indiana. Uh-huh. And I was the emergency room nurse. 3 to 11 or 11 to 7, and it was myself and Aiden and orderly. And if anything really bad came in, you called any doctor in a house who happened to be an OBGYN because he was always there. (laughs) So um, fortunately, he had actually been to Vietnam, you know, earlier and really knew how to deal with trauma. Uh So that was uh, interesting when I went back to, you know, when I went on this TV program. How did you get it? um i went to a program it's called the national publicity summit oh and um oh,
1: that's how we uh, met isn't it
0: right right okay. it's steve harrison's yes and um you know i may be on the today show and also a, a, a tv okay uh, Today show
1: and, seemed interested
0: but um i'm gone i'm on a limelight tv tomorrow which just features books yeah. and authors and I was thrilled that they picked my book. So, Good.
1: how many did you uh, book at the National Publicity Summit?
0: I've done fifteen. Good for you. Um, this is the sixteenth, and I have twenty.
1: Good for you. Out wow. to my wife and I did that too. We we flew. This is when we had to fly to New York. Uh huh. Spent three grueling days um, of pitching eighty eight producers. And they just loved her. She was a great prop for me (laughs) because they would come over and just start talking to her, uh, having a conversation, not realizing that she can't talk, but we, we, um, 44 of them, about half of them actually booked us. And, uh, so we, we did very well. Now we're a producer having people pitch to us.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, I think podcasts, yeah. I've always listened to podcasts.
1: They're great because their audience are trapped in a car in rush hour traffic and it, uh, they're not going anywhere <laughs> versus a well, three or four minute segment on NBC, you know?
0: Well, interesting right. you raise that because yeah. a producer who is in Los Angeles um, contacted their, their go-between and I have um, an interview with them December 20th Oh. Because they heard me on a podcast and they're interested in and read my book yeah. and are interested.
1: Uh who is that?
0: Uh, I don't I don't think I should say. Um okay. it's a well known producer. I well, think there is you. you're doing yeah. great.
1: You have a great story. So well, how do we get a hold of your book?
0: Um, my book is around which all things bend. And as I said, that's love. How far will you bend to get love and give love until you break? And um it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and wherever books are sold. I have a website which I I wrote an uh care article, which um it was I, Pain magazine. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No. They asked me to write an article. They they published the magazine, it's international magazine twice a year. And I wrote an article about caregiving.
1: Okay. You sent me to so the they, National Publicity Summit, you met them?
0: I met them at, at the national Publicity Summit and I think they invited a few people to send their articles in but they selected mine which I was thrilled about. Right. And um so my website is uh Nancy Perpaul spelled P is in Peter E R P is in Peter a l l.com and um I have a lot of blogs on there that I'm getting such a a tremendous Feedback on the series that I did about the malnourished marriage and five essential emotional nutrients. I'm turning that into a book, yeah. and that book will be out next year. And yeah, I guess I am an overachiever. You're right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and you should definitely we look into uh, TED Talks. You know, uh, I know the summit used to have a guy from Wilmington, but he's not there anymore. Um, but you need to just call TED Talk; they'd be happy to have you speak, and that has a lot of prestige for some reason. <laughs>
0: you know, I've never thought about that, but yeah. if you have enough confidence in the fact that they, well, would I be... did
1: mine, and it's had like twenty thousand, fifteen thousand views.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: Yeah, they, they don't it allow up. it on your YouTube page; it's only on theirs. And wow! So, yeah, look it up. They uh, carry. I it, will. They, That's uh,
0: fabulous. That's what was your wife with you?
1: uh no she didn't she didn't want to fly to wilmington delaware so i was (laughs) she only goes to the fun places
0: Uh, hawaii you know oh that's (laughs) wonderful well it's been a
1: joy having you on uh i appreciate you coming on
0: Uh, oh well i'm i'm so appreciative you know i think we had a snag when i was supposed to be on before (laughs) but uh Thank you for, uh, for giving the snag. And um, hey, I've as a true caregiver, too. you would, of course.
1: It's common. I've made them myself as a as a guest. You know, I've got so much going on and I forget. So anyway, uh, remember that all our live shows become recorded pod and videocasts on all your favorite platforms. My number one newly released book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times, is changing lives all over the world. Available wherever books are sold and also on my free membership website, caregiverdave.com and join my caregiver Facebook community of 34,000 caregivers on Facebook, and you'll learn all about our new Acapulco mm-hmm. Villa caregiver wellness vacation I'm offering to burned-out caregivers to keep as many of those 30% of caregivers who die before their loved ones alive. Go ahead and tell them briefly what you do, Carlyne. Uh
2: Well, you can follow me on caregiver Safe Place on Facebook, Instagram. I am a Uh, caregiver uh, respite uh, donation person for uh, family caregivers.
1: Yeah. And if you click the like or follow button on whatever platform you're watching or listening to this interview on, it helps us reach even more caregivers by improving Google search engine algorithms. So thank you all my listeners out there all over the world for tuning in every Wednesday, making us the number one caregiver podcast on the internet. So until next week, same time, same channel, may God richly bless you all. Bye-bye. Anytime we suffer loss, we grieve. And a lot of people don't realize what even the grief process is. But it could be five to seven steps ranging from denial. I don't believe this is happening. Anger. Oh, my gosh. I'm so upset this is happening. To a form of bargaining. How can I get out of this? to depression, which is a very serious thing because that often leads to suicide, and then finally, finally, after you realize you have no more control over your situation and you're totally okay with the new normal that it brings, that wonderful, wonderful place called acceptance.